folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go, let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! Alrighty, crowdfunders. We have got another new episode of Successfully Funded. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. If this is your first time here, let me give a big applause and and uh, and thank you from me, your host. I'm Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, uh, CEO of Woodshed Agency. We are a crowdfunding specialist who but more of a round of a startup helper, right? Uh, we help startup companies uh, raise the funds that they need, navigate the uh, the wild, wild world out here of trying to get a product launched. So that's what we do. But today we, we talk about podcast, uh, on our podcast, we talk about projects that have been successful. Um, and today is no exception. We're gonna be talking to uh, a couple of guys who have created the first fully automated dog toilet. It's called InuBox. I-N-U-B-O-X. If you've got a little dog or a medium-sized dog and you, uh, you know, you need a solution for their, uh, their number twos, their number ones, this conversation is uh, going to be for you. Well, actually, if you're launching a product, this conversation is for you. So um, that conversation is coming up here in just a little bit. So what's going on over here? Well, I'm currently literally... Um, Right in the middle of, uh, you know, I've got a chat going on here with a guy out of Australia who gave a bunch of money to a, another agency, another firm out there, and they just basically took it. So he's freaking out, and it has nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm kind of the guy telling him the reality checks of um, uh, of, of what's going on. So uh, we got that going on, so I'm going to be chiming in with him here in a little bit. And I, but then ultimately, though, for me, I feel so bad when these conversations come up because I don't know why, but it's like... I can't imagine myself being scammed by somebody out of, you know, a couple, three, 3,500 bucks, five grand. I had one client, 15 grand was taken from them and, and then they get nothing from it, right? It's just, it's this thing, it's just these, some of these agencies, they do nothing for them. I mean, I've got this guy right now, like if you look at his page, he should not have launched a Kickstarter. He was not ready and was clearly talked into it. And, uh, and then now he's sitting with like, you know, $170 in sales on an $80,000 goal after 10 days. What do you tell a guy like that? You have to tell him like, listen, you got, you, you got taken advantage of. It's that simple. Um, and, and why that stuff frustrates me because that puts a, a skid mark or a bad vibe on the whole industry as a whole, right? So it makes it harder for me to sell when you've got somebody out there basically poaching on, on people without giving good advice. Not everything is ready to be crowdfunded. And just because you've launched a page doesn't mean that you should go give money to some firm and say, oh, make make my dream come true. I, I didn't put the work in. You guys will do it. It's 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 fool's gold. But it, I can, like it, it frustrates me because the business owners aren't smart enough and they're being taken advantage of, which ultimately makes it harder for everybody else who is trying to do good work in the field, in the industry, who really is trying to get products to do well, right? Because more entrepreneurship is a good thing. More products being launched is a good thing. That you know is great for the economy. It's great for so many things. But if you've got somebody out there being a uh, a predator, man, it is uh, it's a very very frustrating thing to see on my end when I see people just throwing money at. At, at companies and, and nothing's happening from it because it hurts the, the bigger picture. So that's that's a little bit of a rant because I'm literally chatting with a guy from Australia right now who's 
who was taken advantage of flat out it's that simple there's no other way to sugarcoat it and uh i'm helping this guy sort of pick up the mess a little bit and going yeah i'm, I'm sorry i'm you know i'm sorry that your uh you know your ex-girlfriend was a bitch it's basically that simple right <laughs> i'm super super sorry about it. oh i should have probably put a, a um uh, give a heads up if you're listening to this with your uh, in the car with your kids and stuff i just cussed i'm sorry about that so that's my rant on that at the moment. So what else is going on? Well, we've got uh, you know we've got a new week ahead of us here. We've got a couple campaigns ending on our own. If you're looking to do uh, a couple investments um, or thinking about investing, I've got two campaigns getting ready to end. Um, one of them is over on the platform WeFunder, um, which I talked you know I talked to Wendy last week, uh, the CEO of that company. So that campaign is getting ready to end on the 31st. If you go over to WeFunder right now and search for WorldTree, got a couple of uh, I got a really great opportunity over there to check out so go go over go do that and you can uh ask any questions and sort of get familiar with it but uh that that campaign is um uh, is closing on the 31st the other one that's closing on the 31st is over on the platform republic uh so if you go to republic and then you go um uh, and if you go over there and you search and search for LavaBit, L-A-V-A-B-I-T, you can see that campaign's ending, and that is for uh, email security. Um, so check that out. Uh, it, a couple of great projects that are ending. I think uh, the WeFunder has over like 150 some investors. Re the Republic one, we have. I think we have over 600 investors over there. So go check those out. You can see that we've got some great, great movement going on there. So. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's what's going on around here. But today we're going to be talking about dogs, right? We're going to be talking about dogs and, uh, you know, taking care of their business uh, in an automated fashion inside, right? Where you don't, you know, if it's raining, you don't have to go outside and let, you know, take the dog for a walk at that point, you know? Um, so I think this conversation is going to be very intriguing for some people. If you are in the, um, uh, if you are in the manufacturing of a product world, um, if you are doing that sort of that sort of stuff. I think this conversation would be great because you're going to hear about all the trials and tribulations of building a product, how hard it is, the ups and downs, the um, you know the different stages that you have to get to, how hard it is to truly bring a product to market. All those things are going to be talked about. Also, the fact that you know this company had a failed campaign and then went back to the well and relaunched it, and now they're having success. So, go over right now, check out Inubox and uh, and look around. You know and and really see how they put this page together because they did a great job so why don't we go ahead and kick my conversation and uh yeah here we go to record here why don't we do a quick sound check uh what'd you guys have for uh, breakfast this morning i just had coffee that just was coffee, huh? <laughs> the liquid breakfast all right all right yeah. i also don't, don't eat i don't eat big breakfast on the weekend so today was just uh cranberry juice and a granola bar okay all right all right no so so breakfast doesn't sound like it's a big part of either your guys' uh day just not not on the week weekdays yes on the weekends on the weekends okay. it's either it's eggs sausage bacon pancakes waffles <laughs> we don't we don't just on, on the weekdays because of getting out of the house and being ready just orange yeah. juice cranberry juice and granola bar that's cool that's cool all right well i think we're sounding good here so why don't we uh why don't we jump into it so first off 
why don't you both uh, kind of introduce yourself um, and then one of you guys maybe take the lead as to uh, what you guys are currently raising money for over on Kickstarter. Well, um, my name is Simon. I'm the founder of Newton's Box. Um, I'm Ray, co-founder, uh, head designer, uh, industrial designer. And uh, I guess we started, go ahead. And yeah, we started with the idea of, um, of an indoor bathroom, an indoor toilet for dogs. At the moment, I had three dogs, <laughs> and I walk them twice a day, every day, no matter what. So yeah. there were a lot of situations where it's very rainy, and you cannot go out. And you, for example, myself, I have a golden retriever that it just soaks water yeah. and loves water. Whenever he goes out and it's raining, it's crazy. So. Yeah. I, I have a mess in my home. I have a, a, it's it's just crazy. So um, if it rains, I have to take her outside, and and I couldn't at the moment. So that's where the idea came out. And we're currently raising money from Kickstarter because we want to start uh, producing our, our our units. We have several testing units. We have made several iterations. Um, the product has evolved during this couple of years uh, from one individual single station with limited functionality to something that it's more technological. Ray has had a lot of uh, enhancements into the station. Yeah, you, you, maybe maybe later when you run on our webpage or inbox.net, we have a couple images where it shows like the, the previous prototypes. And then right now it's all nice and clean, but it used to look kind of like furniture and now it looks like a dog station. Right, right. Well, well, the best we can for the for the people who are just listening, how, like walk us through, like describe it, you know. So, you know, maybe somebody might not have a picture in their mind of of what this unit looks like. Um, t talk us through, like what what does it do? What's the functionality? How does it work? Uh, how would a dog use it? That sort of stuff. Okay, so for the people who are watching, I have a small pamphlet here. I'll show it on the screen. There you go. That's how it looks. But for the people who are listening, it's Picture, let's start off with like a rectangular box. Okay. It's our, 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 one of our main features, but we always say it's a toilet that doesn't look like a toilet. So we don't say furniture, we say it's a, it's a tech station. <laughs> and on that station right now, we're producing it in uh, matte white and black. It has a polygon finish to it with wooden side panels. So it integrates with the decor in your house. Like I said, it's a toilet, it doesn't look like a toilet. So when it's closed, it's, it's kind of just there. It looks nice. That was, that was one of our main goals besides it working. <laughs> and uh, when you go out to, I don't know, work or family and friends, you activate it and it's kind of like a drawbridge. The whole front door opens down to like a 90 degree angle and that's where the platform is at. As a hydrophobic uh, material, that way um, the dog waste, either solid or liquid, doesn't stick to the material. And then we have a couple of sensors, um, not a couple, different types of sensors, uh, heat or thermal, uh, weight and ultrasound. And this way detects when the dog did like a number one or a number two, <laughs> plus some like safety checks with algorithms. If it did, if there's heat and then there's weight, in case a dog puts a, a, a toy or a blanket on top of the, the, sorry, the product, it knows it's kind of, it's kind of smart yeah. and it knows if it's, it's either one or a two. Hmm. And then it closes up again and the whole cleaning process starts internally 
that should take. Um, we're still we're, we're still working on on the best uh, timing, but it should be a couple of minutes for the dog waste to go down. It goes back into like similar to like a sandbox or a kitty litter. Mm-hmm. It's like the same but different. And then we have a car in the back, scoops it up, brings it to like the highest point of the box, and then it slides down a ramp with the same hydrophobic material and it slides down into an eco-friendly bag, which is then sealed, what's closed. And then once it knows like the bag is full, it seals it for you with like wow. an electric uh, resistance, seals it for you. So then depending on how many times your dog goes to the bathroom and how many dogs you have, it could be at the end of the day or two or three days later or at the end of the week, we'll let you know. So you pull out the bag, it's completely sealed, you throw that away and then you pull out the next section of the bag and you're good to go. Um, the inbox, you can either program it to your schedule. Say you know you're out the door at 8.30 and you're back at 7. So it'll, it'll go down at 8.30 and it'll come back up at 7. And during the time, it'll do the cycles as many times as it has to go. We have a touchscreen display, so you could either manually operate it or you can link it to an application that we have. And, uh, oh, almost forgot. As well as when it closes, we have a treat dispenser. So it shoots at a dog treat. So every time your dog does it correctly, he gets a treat. And that right. way we have positive reinforcement. And as a way to sealing, sealing the, the odors, we have a small fragrance dispenser. So a fan turns on, shoots out a small fragrance. Wow. And that way you come home to like a clean, uh, almost odorless environment. Yeah, environment, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Home. We wanted to make it as easy as, as possible for both of them, the dog sure. and the owner, right? So right. so the dog gets a treat every time it uses it, and it will not be able for him or her to use it uh, during the cleaning uh, period, but it's got to it's gotta be a couple minutes, mm-hmm. no more than that. So if you have, let's say, two dogs, um, one can go, and then the other one it just has a, a, a two-minute time frame where it's got to be unavailable. And for the owner, um, he has a hydrophobic material that Ray was talking about. So nothing sticks to the surface. So you don't have to be struggling cleaning all the time. Right. The station, right? And at the end of the day, you just click a button and it will cut and, and seal and cut the back for you. Just dispose it and that's it. Wow. wow. So, that's awesome. So, you know, so I mean, you know, you mentioned a little bit as to where the idea sort of started, but what was the first sort of steps out of the gate to, to start putting this idea into something that's real? It seems like it could be like something that's kind of joked about at a party, like, oh, we could make a dog toilet, you know, you know, and then, you know, I mean, it just feels like it could be that, but how do you guys start to take those first steps as to being like, this is actually a real thing. This is how we could automate it. This is how we can make this thing. What, what did that look like? I don't know if you're psychic, but it did start at a party. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, it seems like it could be like that. A bunch of dudes hanging yeah, out. It was, you know, it was, like, it was like a one-liner. Let's do a dog bathroom. <laughs> a couple weeks later, everything else started. Yeah, it started as a, as a furniture-like station. Yeah, we wanted you to integrate this in a box into the um, everyday environment, so you can have it in your living room. But we realized it it, it was not complete uh, it, we we had a lot of technology into it and and a furniture type of device uh, everybody had different kinds of decor inside their home so uh, it would be very limited in terms of integration so, so we tried to make it more a technology device as Ray said before 
So it doesn't matter your decor. Um, you can change the colors and change the, the finishes and, and it's, it's going to be technologic device. Right? Yeah, now, obviously, we, we first started with a couple of sketches. We didn't do anything too fancy. It was literally a rectangle with the door opening. Right. And um, we thought it was going to be a good idea to separate liquids and solids, having like a uh, on the platform, either we had some like spikes or some grass and it had like a, a filter and then the liquid would go down, the solids would stay up. But like on paper, that sounded nice. But then when we started doing prototypes, it wasn't, it wasn't a good idea. When you get your hands on, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you realize it was not a great idea, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, we did, we did like a really heavy frame and then we got a really big engine and then that was like super overpowered. And well, obviously on the same time we started doing the business plan because we did want to do this right. Um, we, both of us had uh, separate jobs and we were still weren't doing this hundred percent like full time. And once the ball started rolling, it, I'm not going to lie, it did take us a couple of months and then once it starts to look nice and we got the presentation and obviously we had to convince our wives that we we're going to quit our other jobs and do this full time. And we started talking to potential investors and everything started to, to look integrated and become like, like a solid product. And I guess that's, you could say kind of how it started. It wasn't like, okay, let's just do this, quit everything right. and rent an office and hire people and, and do it like from one day to the next. It, it was, it's you could say blood, sweat, and tears, and then it's we're still doing blood, sweat, and tears, <laughs> and uh, but it's a lot more formal. I yeah. Guess you say. yeah, yeah. Everything came to reality, I, I, I guess, um, when we got our first investor because uh, he requested explicitly that we should be 100% dedicated to the project, right? Yeah, because he's putting money on it. So, um, from Basically overnight, um, we had to take the decision to quit our jobs and, and dedicate ourselves to the project. Um, and here we are, two, two yeah. years later, we are still uh, here. That's great. That's great. You know, I think that's an interesting thing about the investor. With, and we don't have to get into the weeds on any of this stuff, but you know, some people want to seek out that. What did you kind of have planned or uh, in your pitch deck or however you, you know, whatever you had put together this idea? How are you explaining it and talking about it? What were some of the things that, that the investor was looking for? Because I think that would be helpful for a lot of people, you know, get ready to start a project of what did they want to see? I mean, how far along the process were you? Did you have uh, a full working prototype? Did you have just the idea and sketch? W where were you guys uh, at that point? Well, we have had um, different kinds of investors, everything in the low level friends and family. We have a lot of uh, family members and friends that have supported us historically. But, but in a formal way, right? Mm -hmm. As investors joining the company and with shares, et cetera. So uh, it really depends on the time frame. At the, at the first investor came with a pitch that had nothing else, just a business plan and a pitch. We didn't have anything else to offer. Then we came with the first iteration, the first prototype. It was not working appropriately. It had limited functionality. And from there, we got we joined a couple more people into the into mm -hmm. the team, and and then um, when we evolved into this um, this technological device, the last version of our prototypes, uh, 
then it's when we came with more with more people joining the team. Um, however, we, we wanted to have the validation from the market and we wanted to have this shown and displayed for, for the people because everything, it's, a, it's an idea, right? Uh, we, mm -hmm. we have nothing like this in, 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 in the market. And there are a couple solutions for duct to use, but nothing automated, nothing that will not, uh, will process the liquids and solids, nothing that will um, release you from, from cleaning efforts, nothing that will reward your dog and train your dog. And, it, and this is very complex in comparison to, to other possible solutions. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons we went to Kickstarter and we wanted to start making the manufacturing with the support of, of, of the pledges, right? Yeah, with the, with the investors, first of all, I think they were, they had to believe in the idea, number one. And then like Ivan said, first just having the business plan, they had to see the potential. And we, had, we did our research and along, along with the business plan came a presentation where we showed, um, like the market, how many people, how many families had um, had dogs, um, what income bracket they were in, and then how much they spend annually or monthly uh, on their pets. And then, like I said, all, all those factors helped us uh, show the potential without having a physical product. So if the numbers were right, they were a lot more interested. And then just with that, plus the idea, and then like Ivan said, slowly uh, generating the prototype and then Obviously, we had a, a 3D modeling and renders, and so they could kind of see where it was going, but still not having a physical product. And then right. we kept them up to date. We gave uh, monthly reports, and then everything has been, um, even though it's, it's been at the, at the beginning, not right now. The beginnings, it was kind of like friends and family, but we kept it very formal. We did a contract, uh, how much they were investing, uh, how much shares. Uh, yeah, how many were getting for their money's worth. And yeah, so I, I guess it would be um, business plan, presentation, making sure they were in love with the idea, uh, seeing the potential in the product and in the market, and keeping everything very formal. I guess sure. those would be like the five points. Yeah, transparency, right? Uh, we, for example, we send every, every single month, we send the, the bank statements to to the shareholders, so they know what uh, where we're spending the money and, and right. how much. Yeah, like they know we spend. I'm not gonna say an amount, but you get a couple of uh, Funko Pop dolls every month. <laughs> I can see it on the big statement, and when they come to the office, they know it's like a fun place. <laughs> spending like ridiculous money on on stupid stuff. Just right, right. That's great. That's great. So as you're kind of going and, and putting this thing together what was sort of the biggest roadblock or the biggest hurdle or was there ever a moment where you were like, you know, we just can't do this thing. I don't know. Something didn't exist or money wasn't there. Was there a major moment that there was a roadblock at all? We have had several. I would say like there's like a lot. Um, I think the first one we got um, was in terms of separating liquids and solids, like race we we in in paper everything looked great because you you could separate we had a um let's say a bottom or or, or a platform that was divided right so mm -hmm. if well, the whole liquid was carried through a pump a liquid pump and then pumped out to to a bottle um, 
it, it was not a, the best of the ideas <laughs> we had. And, and the solids, we had this, uh, how would you call it? Uh, um, this little columns in the, in, in, you know, this carpet kind of uh, path. And it was very, very bad to clean. It, mm -hmm. So, so that was our first roadblock. And we said, well, how do we change this? So it's not messy because we, we, a lot of people tell us, why don't you put, put grass on it? Because it's going to be very difficult to clean. Right. Grass, grass keeps a lot of odor, a lot of bacteria, a lot of waste, liquid or solid. I don't know if you have any dogs, <laughs> but I have used all the other alternatives and they're all messy to clean. So um, we decided not to go that way and use instead a clean, smooth platform. Um, and again, a lot of people, a lot of comments we got for, you know, the docks are not going to be uh, appealed or attracted to use the station because it's just a flat surface. And we discovered that they do. They, mm. If you make your proper uh, training and you put them there and you reward the, the action, they will continue using the station. If, you, if they don't have grass, they, they're just going to pure poo anyway. Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have to be grass. Right. Um, another one was with the platform. I don't know if you want to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, the, the platform and uh, well, a, a bigger one I can think of is on our first prototypes, the weight was kind of off. Like the door would kind of start to open and then it would be too heavy and the whole thing would just come down. <laughs> so we had to redistribute the center of gravity and uh, to get uh, bigger motors uh, for it to work. Uh, that, that for me was, uh, I guess, for me in the engineering department, it was kind of like a headache. And uh, the platform I then said, it's, we had to um, work out the proper shape, how to produce it, how to have the sensors on the sides for them to detect. And some of them in the beginning weren't waterproof, so we're really happy it worked. And then we tested it and then they got wet. <laughs> And they wouldn't work. <laughs> and uh, just and just to run off some more roadblocks, it, it has been more towards like the prototyping because, like Ivan said, there's uh, there's stuff similar in the market, but there's nothing like exactly the same. Right. Uh, the example I always use is if you see uh, just a regular paper printer, it could be from different brands. You see it and you know it's a printer, mm -hmm. but you see our station. And you have no idea what it is right because there's nothing out there in the market you can't see it's, it's, there's not grass there's no paw prints or doggy faces around it right. it's it's like different so yeah, yeah. you know what that, that's a good point that's been a roadblock as well because i'm trying to explain to people what it is and how it works because like i just said there's nothing else there in the market mm -hmm. so that that's kind of been um difficult on our end on, on marketing and PR to explain what it is with because you can't use something like super similar. It's like, oh it's just it's just like we're Pepsi, it's just we're just we're just like Coke, but we're different. <laughs> we can't use that. Right, right. Imagine we have we have ten individual devices inside. So if you separate our station through functionality, uh, you can individually identify 10 different functions and 10 different actions performed by the station, right? Uh, from 
activating the, the fragrance uh, device to releasing the tree, to sealing it back, to yeah. removing everything, scraping everything from the surface, moving up and down the station, detecting the dog, etc. Knowing that it's not a toy or that something is blocking the station. Um, so everything had to be tested individually. And in each of them, there were a couple of them where, where we didn't struggle, but most of them had um, difficulties in terms of we're making a treat releaser. Yeah, but the treats have to be fresh, right? Mm -hmm. So, so it has it has to be contained in a way that your your treats are no are not exposed to the environment because they're going to be dry and, and right. they can get mold, and your dog's just gonna avoid eating those treats and, and it's going to be backfire. Right, right. The treats on. So that was individually one struggle we had for making it an example, right? Yeah. The platform moving up and down, yeah, having, having the right motors, having the right power, uh, voltage-wise, uh, energy-wise. We have a... It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. Well, well what's the moment where you know, it all gelled together that you knew you actually had something. So as you're going through all these sort of headaches that you're describing, is there a moment that you knew we should keep going with this, you know, or, you know, we actually do have something and it isn't just an idea from a party, you know? If, if I, I would pick two moments. One would be uh, when we got investors that weren't friends and family, like, okay, we're on to something. It, it's not just, Okay, have fun with your small idea. We'll, we'll help you out. Right. So I, that would be like like a quick one for us. And as well, I guess the high point would be uh, getting accepted and going to CES in Las Vegas earlier this year. Yeah. And just having ha having seen the reaction of people around us, and we got a lot more media exposure than we could ever imagine. Uh, people were really happy about the product. They want to learn more about it. We got a bunch of interviews, and. Uh, to sum it up, I think that was that was like a really yeah. happy moment, and and because we thought, okay, we're going to CES. There's we weren't with like the big the big player. We weren't next to like Sony or something. We're at the right. Entrepreneur and the Eureka Park, but still we were getting a lot of buzz, and people were coming up to see us even towards the, the end of the day and towards the end of the, the expo. And I got a sore throat those days because we just kept on talking and talking and going over the. The whole explanation and it does this, it does that, which really cool. And this, I'll have my contact number. We'll get in touch, right. et cetera, et cetera. So I guess investors and and doing the whole CES, it's been one. It's been a dream for me. Like I never thought, like I want to go to CES. I never thought I was going to be an exhibitor at CES, right. and then having it go really, really well. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we didn't we didn't know what to expect from CES. None of us had gone before, mm -hmm. and that's, that's massive, that's, right? Just uh, massive, right? <laughs> it's massive. Yeah. You have the all the big players are there. Well, yeah. most of them, um, but you have these huge companies um, right across the street, and all the everything in Vegas is focused on CES. So you have a lot of advertising from Google, from other exhibitors. Uh, Samsung, they're massive, right? Mm -hmm. So we got this, uh, we got a couple of, of, of our working prototypes and, and we didn't know what to expect. And, and we did pretty well. 
a lot of people came with the wow factor. Uh, you know, they were pressing through, and whenever we pitched them the first fully automated automated duck toilet, they would step back a couple yeah. a couple steps back, and and then say, "What do you say? <laughs> like, like is this a toilet for dogs? <laughs> yes." And and we got a lot of excitement from people that I need this in my house. Yeah. <laughs> well, we well, got. Why, a, I'm sorry. I would say, why why do you think that you know it's only cats? Why 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 haven't dogs you know had a lot of products along this line? What, what, what do you think it is? Why, why that separation? Because cats, I think, have all kinds of. Uh, I think I've even interviewed a couple of cat litter box yeah. things on Kickstarter. So why why not dogs? Well, cats are um, fairly easy to 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 train. They they are naturally. <laughs> they, if if you get a, a a kitten and you put the box uh, besides, he or she will use it, right? Yeah. It's it's like natural instinct. Uh, for dogs, it's not so so much. And if you you put a sand bin <laughs> with a dog, it's gonna be mess. Yeah. yeah they're just gonna play with it. Right. And as well, the, the majority of the cats are a certain size and their waist are a certain size. Mm -hmm. And with dogs, um, you have small, medium, large. Uh, we're right. not doing large, we're doing medium below. And uh, even though you get a bulldog and he does yeah. big business. So I think that's a whole different level of just having to get the waist from point A to point B. Hmm. And um, I, I, for me, I think it was most, most, mostly size. And cats are more independent, and they're used to going to, to like the sandbox. Dogs, like Ivan said, they would dig it up. And as well, they, they have different needs as cats. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's a little bit more difficult to do the whole process for dogs than cats. Yeah. And there's some really cool cat, cat ones out there. We, yeah. we, we looked them up, we backed a couple of them on Kickstarter. Yeah, there are cool solutions and there are a lot of solutions for, yep. for cats. Right, yeah, that's, 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 that's why I was, again, that's why I reached out because I was intrigued, probably just like your CES guys, like, whoa, I haven't seen this. This is, uh, this is interesting. Um, I the, the, the real reason or, or the main reason is because we have dogs, not cats. So yeah. our daily struggle is with dog waste, not with cat waste. Mm -hmm. So, well, I mean, I, I could see this. I mean, I had, I had Yorkies for a long time. I've had, you know, I've, I've had Yorkies up to Great Danes. The Great Danes, I don't know if I see them using this thing. That was, <laughs> uh, I have cleaned up stuff that was, whew, um, yeah. massive uh, from, from my uh, Great Dane back in the day. But, but my Yorkie, I could totally see, like, this would have been a phenomenal solution as opposed to waking up at three in the morning because, uh, you know, uh, she had a lot of personality. Uh, <laughs> well, well, let's flip over to the actual Kickstarter. So as, you know, we're talking right now, you got a couple weeks to go. You had about a $25,000 goal. You're sitting at uh, 35,000 with about 75 backers. So you're at, obviously you're already successfully funded and, and you're, you're sort of in that point now of, of, uh, of driving a lot more traffic and a lot more backers. Um, so in general though, where does, com uh, where does Kickstarter fit into the conversation? You know, as you're, you got an investors, you're, you know, you're making prototypes. Um, and I think we kind of touched on a little bit of just about proving market viability and stuff, but, but where does it look at and you go, yeah, this is the right platform for us to, to, to put this out to the market. Well, first of all, it's a, it's, it's a platform with a lot of, um, innovation in it. So, so if you want something new and if you want something disruptive, 
Kickstarter is a great place to see those kind of, of, of inventions, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're mostly small companies or startups that are trying to put this into the market. And that's our reality. That's where we are. We're a startup. We want to launch this into the market. We want to have the validation from people that knows uh, about technology, technological devices, and innovation, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't have right now the capabilities to fulfill, let's say, an order from a big company. Let's imagine a big retailer from the US right. or Europe, because we have a couple of contacts in Europe as well. And they would come and ask us for. What, what's, your, what's your production capability? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're we we need 40,000 units. Is what? it like 50,000 or 100,000? Never mind. Uh, that's, uh, we cannot fulfill those kind of orders, right? We have a small capability for production. And, and we can work with this small batch uh, for Kickstarter, for example. Mm -hmm. yeah, we want to go there. We want to have this jump into retail and we want to have this jump into, into large or massive manufacturing capabilities. But first we need to go through this redesign for manufacturing. We have had several um, changes, not in the, in, in, in the exteriors or, or components of the unit, but let's say how you build one specific part, it's different if you are making 10 units or you're making 10,000, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. It's just going to build up differently. So uh, we wanted to have this experience with small batches. We wanted to have a close community where you have a lot of contact with, with the backers. Uh, Kickstarter lets you communicate a lot with the backers, and that's good for us because we can get a lot of feedback, whether it's good or bad, learn from it, and adjust anything that we have to adjust. Sure, sure. Was there any sort of um, like internal numbers that you guys were looking at before you hit the launch button? Um, certain number of email signups or, you know, was there any sort of data points that you were pointing to and saying, all right, now we are ready to launch? Yeah, we did have several goals. Uh, we started like an online online campaign, I think three or four months before going to, to CES and doing Kickstarter. There's, we wanted around, um, we kind of worked backwards. We're like, okay, we need X amount of money, so we need to sell X amount of units. And going through our research, we saw that 5% uh, of the people you email look, go to the campaign and then like 1% actually buy it. So then we needed to send out, I don't know, like 20% right. web mails. Like, so we worked backwards and that's how we started getting our numbers. And we started um, internally with our team trying to reach those goals, um, get X amount of followers on Facebook, have a, a, like, like a vibrant community, have, a, I think it was, I can't remember if it was like 500 or 800 emails uh, to email out to people and having people as well. If you look on our webpage, we have a section of, okay, you don't have a Kickstarter account. This is how you, you get one. Step, yep. step one, step two, step three, make it as friendly as possible and make sure all the other elements were in place. So when we did launch Kickstarter, it would be, we'd have a greater chance for it to be successful. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Has there been anything sort of 
uh, weird about the campaign or in your dashboard or countries that have uh, jumped on board or just anything that you guys weren't expecting that you've seen happen and you're like, wow, I was not expecting that. Well, we got a couple backers from, um, for example, I different countries that in our first campaign we didn't consider. For mm -hmm. example, Australia, just because the logistic would be hard to get. Right. Specifically, sending one unit or two uh, would be difficult to send something to Australia, and they have a lot of places for their dock to to go. Um, and we got a couple backers from Australia, from down under. And from there, I think the, the other markets were, we were expecting to have, I, I guess on my personal expectations, uh, I would expect more backers from Europe and we didn't get so many. Hmm. And, but most of our, our pledges are from the US and that's what we initially were considering. Yeah. I got. I, I kept on thinking. I got the weird one. Uh, there was this one person, not gonna name names. He emailed us. He, I remember he emailed when he, he he reached out to us, and he said, "I train falcons and hawks." Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I cool. that to use the inbox, so I don't have to pick up anyone <laughs> bird poop. And we're like, really? Like it's like literally this is for dogs. Like you could go ahead and buy one and. Have it open and maybe put the where the falcons or the hawks uh, <laughs> land on top of the, the platform and maybe it could work. Yeah, uh, that would be the weird one. A guy that trained uh, hawks, yeah. hawks or falcons. Uh, does it, does this work for them? So and you didn't you didn't uh, R and D that you didn't get a bunch of hawk, uh, hawks well, and falcons and an algorithm and and well the station detects. Um, anything that it's a living form and, and goes into the platform and it crosses a lot of data between weight and radiation mm -hmm. and, uh, and movement. So if you have a falcon that poops on the station, it will never detect something getting on the station, right? right. And the weight's going to be minimal. So uh, we could modify the algorithm. <laughs> That's tough. Okay, but, uh, for, for, the, for the one guy. Yeah, weird number two would be it wasn't that weird. I was just it was just way out of left field. Left field was this one. Yeah. Um, he's like, could you integrate this into an RV? Because he was like, sixty percent oh. of people who travel in RVs they travel with their pets, and yeah. then they have some like really strict rules about RV parks of where they can go and they can't go. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. I think it's kind of big for an RV, but maybe like in the future we got like a smaller one. And I don't know. Well, I mean that 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 to me is like that's that's those are the amazing stories of Kickstarter where you you probably are just were, had a light bulb of something you never even thought of, and you're like, well, that is yeah. an entire idea that we just have to tweak and smaller or whatever it is. But again, this is why I tell everybody if you're launching a product, you got to think about a Kickstarter because you just don't know. One, yes, you'll get money and that's fine. You'll get backers, but the feedback and the data is just, it, it, it could be invaluable uh, to what you're working on. Um, that's great. So what does sort of the next, you know, obviously you got the money coming in, you know, 14 days after the campaign ends, it all gets in the bank account, but what starts your guys' process? What starts to happen? How do you start fulfilling uh, the rewards? Well, we continue working on it. It's something that we haven't stopped. 
um, it's not that we're just sitting around waiting for for the money to come. We, as as we said before, we have a couple of investors on, so um, we have money to compete to continue operating, and we have been making the necessary design modifications for manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So uh, by mid year, we're trying to to have that that redesign complete in terms of everything is ready for just start um, sending to our to our vendors and manufacturers um, so they can start working on the on the different pieces and since we're talking about small batches um, we don't think we're gonna take that that much uh, that many months working on 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 the units but we have to test them we have to make sure we're delivering a solid unit and that's not going to fail, let's say a month from use. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I would say Kickstarter is more to, to, to get the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. Everything's already in, in place. It's just to get, get some older orders, uh, talk to people, uh, see what they think about the product. And uh, like Ivan said, we're currently just, I guess you could say dotting the I's and crossing the T's mm -hmm. on our prototype. And that way we just have to run a couple more tests. Uh, switch everything to like manufacturing mode and then get it done start sending out the order orders and get the whole packaging and everything ready ready to go that way hopefully we'll be we'll be ready before the date we set but we just set that date so we have enough cushion just in yep. case it doesn't work out of course of course awesome and, and then what do you guys maybe see like the next three to five years looking like what, what, what's in the, the Rolodex? Is it, or do you see yourself making a whole stable of products for dogs? Is it just focusing on this? Is it more of the tech side? What do you guys kind of envision? We've, we've actually, we've had this conversation because, uh, in inbox is the name of the product. And just for people who don't know, Inu means a uh, dog in Japanese and then box is kind of like make it sound nice. Mm -hmm. And our parent company, uh, we're called Newton's box. So we kind of decided that every product we were going to, have it's going to be like something box and that way um they're kind of related to each other and we're still discussing either if it, it all depends how, how we do how well we do um if we stay like in the pet market or we start doing different products from like different just random not random right. things but just things we, we researched yeah uh, so we could either specialize in dog products or pet products or we we rather we prefer to be known as like a product design company. Mm. So we're still, we're still looking into that. Hopefully we're really successful with our product line. We'll have like maybe like a bigger product and like a smaller one. And then at the same time, we would like to launch different, uh, different products for different uh, areas, different markets. So we will be known more as a product design company. Yeah. Makes sense. For me, that would be like best case scenario. Yeah. And, and in a box by itself, um, for example, it's not that we're going to just change from one to another. We're going to have a, a team, an individual team, specifically for Inubox, and 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 within Inubox, we have a lot of variants that we can explore. For example, there have been people coming for, uh, with us and saying, you know, I have a backyard and I have two dogs, but I don't like them going and pooing, uh, having to clean my, my yeah. lawn. And if you have this for um, exteriors, it would be great. And 
this one is not designed for serious uh, right. to to handle the inclemencies of the environment, but we can make one, right? Right, right. And a smaller version for smaller dogs, uh, there have been people saying, well, I have a Chihuahua uh, in Japan, and size, it's, 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 a, uh, it's, it's a factor, uh, right? Right, 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 yeah. So, so if you have something smaller for just the small dogs, that would be ideal for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And different variants, right? So we can have a version two. We have ideas that we could integrate into this, this specific model that have come from, from us testing the, the units, from people, from getting the people's feedback um, into specific dog behaviors or, or, or simple situations that we didn't consider at the beginning. Sure. And I think we're going to explore that, those alternatives in a, in, in a short term. That's for great. the that's next versions, and we're planning to go retail next next year. So that's, that's awesome. going to be a, a, a big jump in terms of manufacturing, business relationships, and, and everything. It's going to change from that. That's moment. great. That's awesome. Well, where can people find out more information? How can they dive into your guys's world and follow you online and stuff? Where do, where should they go? Yeah, okay, so we have our, our parent company, newtonsbox.com. And but specifically for this product, uh, minibox.net. And on that webpage, we have a link to our Kickstarter campaign. Um, if not on Kickstarter, you can look us up as minibox as well. That's I N U B O X. And on our webpage, we have links to our, all our social media uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you guys should follow us. We have really cool pictures and stories of dogs and dogs here from the office and go to dog parks. And, uh, we have a really, really, uh, big, say, a big community, and yeah. And, That's and awesome. For more information as well, but after Kickstarter, just I would say the webpage, inbox.net. I probably can't repeat that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have, it, I'll have a link to uh, in the in the show notes as well. But but gentlemen, I, I appreciate you guys taking time out of your uh, your busy schedule. I know you're right in the middle of a Kickstarter. Uh, great product, great uh, great minds over there, right? Great design. It looks really great. And uh, I, you know, if uh, if I had a dog right now, this would be high on my list because I am not really into uh, <laughs> touching poop. So, uh, but gentlemen, really really amazing job here on this, and uh, I wish you guys nothing but success in the future. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having us. And awesome. if you guys have any further questions or something, feel free to contact us. We'll be more than happy to reply. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. All right. How about that conversation? I told you it was a it was a good talk. Uh, I want to thank both the guys for uh, for taking a moment to uh, to jump on and uh, go check out Newton's boxes. There some of their other designs, but uh, as of right now, make sure you go over to Kickstarter. Go to Inubox. They've got eight days to go. If you're listening to this today, so time is running out on their campaign. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and listen to a, a Sugar People song. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, let's listen to this song called "Take a Break." It features Brandy Sweat on vocals, which. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying that. You guys don't know who that is. But, um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and listen to that track. And I hope you guys have a great week. And I'll talk to you all. I'll take my time. It just seems right. The sense of you in the air tonight. I'm gonna move Take it so, so. Flames give light 
the job that stresses you out. Organizing, enterprising, whatever that you may do. If you feel this fucking vibe, the pulse that's keeping you alive. Knowing to go get a dress grooving, your cares and apples seem to flow away. Flames get light and you're still sizzling. Oh, darling, can't you see? You mean everything to me. The sun, the moon, the sky. Oh, my, my. Hold your cup of pie. Toasting our cares goodbye. Feeling good, celebrating our new life awaiting. To stretch out our arms and legs If you're feeling down I don't want your friends around Get up from your rug Get your feeling well enough Keep it off that seat And on your feet to get down Oh yeah It's easy to get lost And find my way It may be dark and black as night If the party's hot you'll be Cause flames give light and you're still sizzling 